are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Monday episode for you. Got a few topics to talk about here. First, we're going to talk about Eric Bieniemy leaving the Washington Commanders, or he didn't have a job because once Dan Quinn took over, he removed Eric Bieniemy from the offensive coordinator position. He was out of a job. He now has a new one. We're going to talk about that. Um, it happened again in college basketball. I don't want to say it was my jinx, but definite a trend you need to look out for that's happened numerous times already this season. We also had another storming the court issue over the weekend in college basketball. We'll discuss that. And I'm going to go on a rant, and it's about Las Vegas. We'll get to all that momentarily. But this podcast is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year, with up-to-the-minute odds and stats and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and the best player props out there. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit Bet online. The game starts here. Introducing Wonder Sweep from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, let's start off with some football talk. Eric Bieniemy, you know him, probably best known for the fact that he was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for five of the last six years. He moved on this past season to become the OC for the Washington Commanders under Ron Rivera. And for the longest time, it seemed like Andy Reid was getting a lot of the credit for those first five years of Patrick Mahomes being the starting quarterback. But Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator. And once Kansas City started winning Super Bowl titles and consistently getting to the AFC Championship, it was getting Eric Bieniemy NFL head coaching offers. And I've lost track of how many times he interviewed for a head coaching position, but it was numerous. And I want to say... It got into the double digits. However, he never got a head coaching job, so he just kept going back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Then after two seasons ago, he decided to move on, and he went to the Washington Commanders this past season. And I remember talking about this on the podcast at the time, saying this seems like a really weird move. It's very much a lateral move. If anything, it's a step down. Maybe he's getting saddled with the reputation that, oh, he's not really that great because look who he's offensive coordinating, one of the best offenses ever at a time where he had Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Well, he got to a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, and they won it. So who's, I guess, taking credit for this? We know that he clearly was a good game caller. The Chiefs were one of the best offenses in the league. And what happened to the Chiefs this year when they didn't have Eric Bieniemy? Yes, they won the Super Bowl, but we talked about it all year. They broke 30 points once without Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. 
So don't tell me he made a difference. It didn't make a difference because for those five years he was leading the team, that Kansas City team was going up and down the field and scoring 30 in their sleep. Now, when he went to Washington, did he blow your socks off with their offensive outbursts? No, he didn't. Sam Howell was leading the NFL in passing yards for a long time. So clearly the guy knows how to coach offense. Well, Washington blew it all up. They got rid of Ron Rivera. They got rid of their offensive coordinator. They bring in Dan Quinn, who has now brought Cliff Kingsbury in to be his offense coordinator, and Eric Bieniemy was out of a job. Well, until this past weekend, I think it broke late Thursday or Friday, that Eric Bieniemy is going to be the associate head coach and offensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins under Deshaun Foster, who they just hired as a quarterback. Deshaun Foster grew up and played football in Orange County at Tustin High School. Eric Bieniemy was a former assistant back in the day in the early 2000s at UCLA, 2003 to 2005. They probably have some close ties. They probably know each other. And it's a good hire to bring him on. My question now just becomes, it seems like Eric Bieniemy's career is going backwards, and I don't really know what he did wrong. This guy was coordinating one of the best offenses the NFL has ever seen. The NFL, we know, best league in the world. It's where you strive to get to. So he's gone from offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs to the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, and they were basically a middle-of-the-road offense, to now he's the offensive coordinator of a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team in college football. So I don't know. I mean, get – Get work where you can. He probably didn't want to sit out a season, and the timing worked good because Deshaun Foster just took over, what, 10 days ago, the UCLA program, and why not go out and get Eric Bieniemy? He was he wasn't he didn't even have a job. Foster didn't even have to steal him from anywhere. He just went out and probably gave him a call and said, "I want you courting my offense," which is which is great for them. But UCLA football is not big time football. They are in a big time conference now in the Big Ten, but if you were to tell me going into next year, remember the Big Ten's going to have 18 teams in it next year. I'd say UCLA is right around 8th best, ninth best, 10th best team. And that might be being generous. I haven't really looked at their roster, but when Chip Kelly decided to go to Ohio State and be the offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure a lot of guys left. And they're not going to be able to pick up guys until the portal opens back up between April 15th and April 30th after spring football. So it's really a really interesting situation. I mean, I don't fault Deshaun Foster for going to get Eric Bieniemy. I'm just wondering why his career keeps seemingly going backwards. He was at the top of the mountain offensive coordinating the Kansas City Chiefs. And now he's offensive coordinating UCLA football? I mean, it's a head-scratcher. It's a good hire for UCLA, clearly, because the guy knows how to coach football. I guess I'm just wondering, because I know. I mean, if you go and and read, you can find out. I don't think they're going to give you a laundry list of the teams that Eric Biennemi interviewed for to be a head coach in the NFL, but it's amazing that that many people passed on him. And I, I, I don't know. We've heard some rumblings in the past. That he can, I think we heard it this past season in Washington, that the players just, he's a little abrasive or whatever, but it's like, okay, would you rather be 
abrasive and get results or be passive and get no results. You know, they did have Sam Howell was the best passer in the NFL for a while. I don't think he ended up as the most yards for a quarterback, but at least they were moving the ball. They just had too many turnovers. And the enemy can't coach turnovers, you know. So it, it's just it, it's just kind of a head scratcher to me. It's always been. I never understood why he wasn't getting hired. Like we know how NFL works. Hell, it works all the time in, in college football. If you have a great season in college basketball, same thing. If you're a mid-major coach and you take your team and win a game in the tournament, and you become the darlings. You're basically going to move up a step and get hired by a Power Five conference. Usually the way it works. Same thing in college football coordinating. You know, Kalen DeBoer, look at the way he moved up the boards. Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator, look at the way he moved up the boards. It just, I mean, and, there, and that's just one example. There's so many examples. And I just didn't understand why Eric Bieniemy, same way in the NFL. Who, you know, when, when coaches get fired in the NFL, teams or leads are looking for, you know, oh, let's steal that guy who just lost his job. Let's get him and just, you know, play musical chairs with head coaching, or what do they do? They go after the hot offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Well, could anybody have been hotter than Eric Bieniemy for those five years he was coordinating the Kansas City Chiefs offense, yet he kept getting overlooked, and all these other guys were getting hired. It's never made sense to me, and, and obviously I don't sit in those meetings. I don't know what he said or what he did, but I almost feel bad for the guy. I want him to get back up there because something is off. Something's missing that he was never able to land an NFL job when it happens all the time. The hot coordinator gets an NFL head coaching job. And then you look at some of the guys that got hired over him, Joe Judge, you know, got hired by the Giants because, what, he was a special teams coach for the Patriots? Tell me, that guy was better than Eric Bieniemy? It's just... Very, very head-scratching, to say the least. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, let's talk some college basketball. It happened again. And what I'm saying it happened again, I'm talking about a team that looks unbeatable and blows somebody out, and then their very next game basically shits the bed. And you're like, wait a second, they just beat this team, and now they can't beat this team. Happened again yesterday. What happened last Tuesday in college basketball? UConn, the number one team in the nation, coming off an absolute spanking of Marquette, was a three-point favorite at Creighton, and they lost by 20. And you're just like, wait a second. They just beat Marquette. They look like the best team in the nation, and now they go on the road and they look terrible against Creighton. Well, that had an adverse effect on Clayton, uh, Creighton, apparently, because Creighton, who looked so good on Tuesday <laughs> against UConn, and beats the number one team in the nation by 20, then goes on the road yesterday with five days rest, mind you. This wasn't a Thursday-Saturday turnaround like what happened to Washington State, which we'll get to in a second. 
This wasn't that. It was Tuesday, blowout UConn at home. Biggest win of the season for Creighton. And then five days in between their next game, yesterday they play in Madison Square Garden against St. John's, who's 14-12, and 12, middle of the pack, Big East team, and St. John's beats them by double digits. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's almost like when a team looks too good one game, bet against them the next game. And now let's talk about Washington State. Washington State goes into Arizona and beats them at the McHale Center on Thursday night in one of the more impressive wins you'll see for a road team all season long. And then what happens two days later? They lose at ASU because you know how the schedule works. When you go on the road, you play, especially in the Pac-12, it's usually Thursday, Saturday. You know, if you're playing the Arizona schools, you play one of them Thursday, you play the other one Saturday. It's the way it works. And when you... When you're playing, the, when you're making a Southern California trip, if you're Oregon, you play UCLA Thursday, you play USC Saturday, or vice versa. Oregon State's playing the other one, so that's how it's worked in the Pac-12. Well, not anymore after next season because they're all going to the Big Ten. But same thing happened in Washington State. Washington State, huge win. You, did you watch that game on Thursday night? They were balling against Arizona, and then you turn on the game Saturday at Arizona State, and it's just like, wait a second. What happened to the team that I saw two days ago? And the I guess the thing you can chalk it up to is you're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids. They're not going to get up for every game. It's in physically impossible in a long college basketball season that kids are going to pay attention and get up for the big games and kind of coast during the games where the teams they know they can beat. <clears throat> it's exactly what happened to Washington State. They had no business losing to Arizona State. Arizona State stinks. They're not even going to make the NIT. Bobby Hurley's probably losing his job at the end of this year, yet they beat Washington State, who had just beaten Arizona. Telling you, something to look out for and a trend going forward for the rest of the season. The storming the court issue reared its ugly head this past weekend when Wake Forest beat Duke. Right when the clock hit zero, their fans stormed the court. They hurt Kyle Filipowski. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but if you saw the slow-mo, basically a fan just ran into his knee. And he had to be carried off the court. Could be a devastating injury for Duke. He's literally their best player. I mean, if the best player on Duke is out for the season because of a court storm, you can bet your ass tomorrow the rule is going to be changed and nobody's going to be allowed to storm the court. Every conference has their own rules set for it. Some have like, oh, you don't get penalized until it's your third offense. Oh, your first offense, it's $100,000. Look, there's an easy way to settle this. I understand that court storming has been part of college basketball for years the problem is we've never had an injury like a major injury off of a court storm but if the blue blood dookie blue devils lose kyle filipowski for the year i guarantee that rule will be changed within days if not hours where they're just going to say no more court storming and you know it is kind of hard to prevent court storming what are you going to do you have guys in yellow shirts that say event staff you've got what 10 15 around the court If 2,000 people want to rush the court, what is that event staff going to do? Nothing. They can't. So there's two solutions to this the way I see it. Number one, anybody that court storms, you think of some major penalty, like literally a loss on your schedule or lower your seating in the conference tournament. I don't know. 
but it can't be a monetary penalty to a school, especially a $100,000 penalty, when these schools are making millions of dollars hands over fist from the NCAA tournament contract. So that's stupid. Finding a school $100,000 for a court storm, they'll take it. They don't care. They want to see, they want the attention and they want to, you know, have the students be a part of it. The second thing would be, hey, let's let our kids court storm, but let's wait till the other team gets off the court. Is that too hard? Clock hits zero. Duke players, you know, I'm just using Duke as an example because it was the one that happened this past weekend. Duke players just get off the court as soon as they can and then just let everybody storm. Like it doesn't have to be 0.1 seconds after the clock hits zero. Let, let, let's let them storm 30 seconds later. I think that's, no, that's not a problem. What's so hard about that? And if they choose to not oblige, then you enforce that penalty that whatever they decide to come up with. Something bigger than a $100,000 fine, because that doesn't do anything. There's another rule in college basketball that's driving me absolutely bonkers that we need to get rid of, and that is moving up divisions. If you move from Division two and become Division one in college basketball, you have to wait four years before you can make the NCAA tournament. We've seen this happen in the past with other schools that they're so good, they moved up and they won their conference championship, yet they couldn't go to the big dance for four years. They can't even play. They get to play in their conference championship. Some of them can win their conference championship, but the second place team ends up going to the tournament because the first place team that's good enough, even though they moved up to Division One within the last four years, is just not allowed to. It's basically a grace period. You can't go to the tournament for four years, no matter how good your team is. And it's happening again in the Big West this year. I know a lot of you are thinking, Steve, you're talking Big West basketball? Really? Yeah, I am. Because I grew up on the West Coast. I know the teams involved. But basically, if you didn't see it this past weekend, UC San Diego, the Tritons, where my sister went to college, they tied UC Irvine for the lead in the Big West. But the Big West, their deal is, even if UC, UC San Diego is the team that moved up, they moved up either three years ago or four years ago. This might be their last year of the grace period, or they still have one more year. But they're good enough to be the leaders in the Big West Conference along with UCI, yet they don't even get to play in the conference tournament, and clearly they don't get to go to the NCAA tournament. What? Why? I don't understand this rule. No one's ever explained it to me correctly or where I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. It doesn't. I don't care if you're good enough to make it. If your team is good enough to go from Division Two to Division One and still win your conference, why are you not allowed to play in the tournament? That is so dumb. And, it's so, and it takes away from what these kids do. You don't think these kids who went to UCSD and then said, oh, wow, we're getting to move up to Division One." They're not going to get to play in the NCAA tournament, which is what everybody wants to do because of some stupid, archaic rule. I just want to know the reasoning. What is the reasoning? Every pundit on college basketball, whether it's Jay Billis or Seth Greenberg or Jay Williams, they all say the same thing. Why? This rule is so dumb. Let these kids into the tournament. If they're good enough to win their conference, I don't care if it was their first year moving up to Division I. They're doing something right. Let's award them for it. And I don't know why the NCAA has this rule in place, but doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. Sucks. Now, I finally wanted to uh, do a little rant here on Las Vegas. You know me. I love Las Vegas. I go there probably, I've probably been there three times a year for the last 10 years. And my place that I stay is at Venetian. Done it for years. And I have a casino host there. 
I have a casino host at Mandalay Bay, but I don't like going to Mandalay Bay on a weekend where sports are involved because they literally have one of the worst sports books ever. Back in the late 90s, when I was fresh out of college and me and my buddies would drive from Southern California to Vegas on the weekend on a whim, Mandalay is like the nicest place in the world back then, and that's where we stayed, and we're like, oh my God, this sports book is great. Now it's an absolute dump because they haven't done anything to it in 25 years. You've been to the Mandalay Sportsbook, you know what I'm talking about. The TVs aren't that great. You've got a bunch of rows of seats that you're sitting in basically a classroom chair. Like, yes, it looks like a chair from a classroom in middle school where it's got the wooden desk in front of you and it has a pencil holder. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It's the same sports book that it was back in the late 90s. I cannot believe they haven't changed it. Clearly, they don't care about their sports book. So I don't go to Mandalay unless um, I'm forced to. <laughs> but I definitely don't go there and watch sports. But now I'm coming to the realization that, and, and I think it has to do with the Sphere. Sphere is the new shiny, bright toy in Las Vegas. You've probably seen it. It's lit up all the time. It's got advertisements on it. They're having the NHL draft there this year. U2 has performed there. they got a great show, postcards from Earth, all this stuff. And while it looks cool, I haven't been there yet. I plan on going in June to see the postcard from Earth show. But the problem is, have you looked at the prices on the rooms at Venetian. Now, I do have a casino host, and I haven't paid for a room at the Venetian in over five years. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying what it does for me is it allows me to go there. But as many comps as I've had over the years, they're starting to cut back. And I don't know what their deal is, but I've written a few Karen emails in the last couple of weeks to the Venetian people about what is going on here. Like, I've been there three times a year for 10 years. I'm going to be there three times again this year. I'm going to be there in, in three weeks for March Madness. I'm going to be in uh, at the Venetian the weekend of my Reality C fan appreciation party in June. I'm also going to be there in September for first week of NFL season. But I'll just say this. For the last five years, I've gone for first weekend of March Madness, and I've been able to watch the games for free. Now they want $1,000 a day for me to watch college basketball. You've got to be kidding me. And that's what I told them. I said, really? You're making me pay $1,000, which I'm not going to do. I'm going to find a different way to watch the games. But it really sucks having to stay at Venetian because I'm getting comped a room there, but now they want $1,000 for me to watch a game or watch the games all day Thursday, and then they want another 1000 if I want to watch it Friday. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. In no way, shape, or form am I ever paying that. So it just sucks that I'm going to have to Stay at Venetian. What? I, no, don't get me wrong. I love staying there. It's my favorite hotel. But it's going to suck that I'm going to have to leave the hotel to go watch basketball because they want $1,000 a day. And that's for a fucking lounge chair. I don't even get in the sofa seat there in their new sports book. That's even more expensive. So I'm sorry. Just a little bit of rant. I, and, and I don't know if Vegas and Venetian. And look, I understand. I mean, for my dollar, Venetian Palazzo and... Win Encore are the best hotels on the Strip, bar none. Best rooms, best looking. Nightlife is just great. I understand they're going to cost more. They are on the upper end. They clearly blow out, you know, Excalibur, Luxor, New York, New York. I mean, you go in those, those hotels and you stay in those rooms and you stay in the Venetian room and you're like, okay, I understand why I'm paying more. 
But do you know what they're asking for? For go, go look on Venetian's website and try and book a room two or three weeks from now on a Friday, on a weekend, Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, regular pricing, but their weekend prices now. I mean, back in the day when I did have to pay before they started comping my rooms, I was paying. You know, it'd be like two twenty nine, two fifty nine, maybe on a a weekend that had something good going on, three oh nine, three thirty nine a night for a room. They want five or six hundred bucks a room now on their website. Go look. It's an absolute joke. You can go look to the weekend of my party. The first weekend in June. We're sitting here February, what, 20, what's the date today? February 26th. You go look on Venetian Las Vegas and you go look at a room for the weekend of June 7th and they want 650 on Friday night and Saturday night's not even available, but if it was, they want even more. It's an absolute joke. And I understand inflation, but this is <laughs> this isn't inflation. This is them trying to take advantage of people because they know they have sphere acts and people that are going to go to the sphere are probably going to want to stay in the hotel where they go see the concert. I get it, but that seems excessive. And you know what else is excessive? Charging me a thousand dollars to watch basketball. You got to fucking be kidding me. Yes. They've, they've heard the wrath of my emails. Have they responded? No. So I don't want to burn any bridges, but I'm just kind of laying it out there for them. Like, hey, you can't have me sit here for five years and watch games for free and then come back and say, oh, it's a 1000 Because I guarantee you, and I'll report back to you, even though I'm going to have to go somewhere else to watch the games, I guarantee you the money that they're selling those seats for on Thursday and Friday, first week of March Madness, will not be sold. They will not be sold. There's no way you're going to have a group of people buying those, t- uh, paying that kind of money to watch the games. It's college basketball. This isn't the NFL. Yes, it's March Madness, and it's exciting, but there's a limit of what someone's going to pay to sit in a seat to watch nine hours or 12 hours of basketball, and it's not $1,000. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Please hit play. you got to hit play, and it's not good enough just to have it download into your feed anymore. And this podcast, remember, is brought to you by Bet Online. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.